The following podcast may be explicit. One Joe Young presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. We've been having a great time putting together Adventures from the Shed for the past couple years, and we're ecstatic that you're here with us. Pull up that old, reliable, folding metal chair in the shed and join Mickey, JJ, Kurt, and Joe for our special second anniversary episode. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to the Shed for Adventures from the Shed. You can find us online. First, close the tab that you're watching porn on, and then go to adventuresfromtheshed.com. You can find us online on iTunes, Facebook, Stitcher Radio, Google+, AltaVista, AskGees, Lycos, Bing, Yahoo, ICQ, AOL, Dogpile, and Excite. If you like us, make sure you like us on Facebook. And if you really like us... Leave us a review on iTunes. While you touch yourself. Oh, Mickey, why do you have to go there? It really (laughs) helps us, and it helps other people find Adventures from the Shed. Definitely. And here we are for our second anniversary episode. Golf clap. Can we do it? Golf Golf clap. clap. And Mickey has already started dirty. Yes. I stay there. Literally, she got there 30 seconds in. (laughs) So uh, we're going to go around the table and say hi. We'll start this time with, to my left, Mr. J.J. Stevens. Um. Yeah, uh, I'm, I've been having a blast here in the shed. Uh, I'm so glad that uh, Joe was able to wrangle us together and uh, create something from a motley crew. Brings a Aww, tear to my eye. That's a little one single man <coughs> tear. And then after him is Mr. Hi, everyone. This is Mr. Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> the resident, that is a character name right there. The resident dirty girl. Go ahead. Mr. Mickey? <laughs> it is. I said Mr., so she said Mr. I was going to say, we're bringing bathroom bills to South Carolina right now. Hey, hey everyone. This is Kurt Schumacher. Uh, I have lots to say about my evolution as a gamer that will probably come up at some point in this episode, but I'm uh, super excited to have made it through my second year at the shed. It is through. Super excited to be here. You, you can super no pumped! Lo- you can no longer... Can, uh, Kurt, well, this is Joe, and uh, here I am. Uh, Kurt, you, you, this is a moratorium on newbie. You can no longer say you so are newbie. So that's my point. So it's two t- years, man. This morning I was giving platelets at my local blood center, and I was yeah. reading one of the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventures, and by the end of my time I was chatting with three of the girls giving blood about the intricacies of Out of the Abyss. Nice. And I realized like, when you sit around and you read Trail of Cthulhu like, books for fun, you're probably not a noob anymore. No. Uh, and and, and you, you've wait, done good no. with coming up with rules, too. If you have more than one set of there. dice, ahead, you're not a noob anymore. There's a nugget there in that you were chatting with three girls. So That is true. That nerds is true. out there. And I don't think they had a choice. They were on the Blood Connection Mobile, weren't they? Oh, no, no. We were at the headquarters. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. okay. But, but so I also it was have, still a confined area. I have a big Magic the Gathering match Friday night. And uh, in preparing for it, I had to pull my cards out, and I dumped my dice bag out because it's kept in the same place, and I had like 40 dice all over the ground. And just like J.J. said, if you have 40 or 50 dice in one bag, probably not a noob. <laughs> yeah. My head's going to explode. <laughs> There's so many dirty innuendos there. So, yeah, he just pulled his bag coming. on the ground in front of everybody. I just pulled my sack out. <laughs> and sack out. just fell everywhere. Dumped it out. So I just wanted to bring up a couple of neat things, as far as I'm concerned, neat things about our podcast. So, um couple of stats. First off, in our first year, we had approximately 20,000 downloads. Woohoo! That was our first year, Kurt. Want to be really super pumped? 
Yes. In our second year, we were over 40,000. Oh, my gosh. Man. So that in is essence, in addition we doubled. to. Yes. We doubled. So that's over 60,000 in the you time math. since we started. I'd like to say that's exponential growth, but it's not. But it's 100% it, it, it is. growth. It, it is. is very linear growth. That's, that's exponential. <laughs> but two, next year, if we had 80,000 downloads next year, <laughs> yeah. we'd then, be on the curve. Then we yeah. would be. it would be a positive correlation. Yes. <laughs> but we, um, we, we did good I'm on there. fire, folks. I'm on fire. I've been a little quiet the last few weeks, and I'm ready. Yeah, he's all set to, to go today, apparently. <laughs> he had some Diet Pepsi, at least. Um, and uh, on average, our episodes are listened to about 300 times in the first week or two that they're out. So Wait, that's pretty cool. So we have guys. 300. On average, each listener listens to it 300 it, times? Each episode. We'll get so we have 300 unique listeners, more than likely. So, so for example, our um, the Curse of Strahd uh, episode one. Uh, in its first two weeks, it was uh, almost 400 listens. On average, our episodes are about 300-ish in the first week and a half. I like awesome. to think that there's one person yeah. listening to each episode 300 times. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, no. <laughs> and you know that person is Anders Gustafsson on Facebook. Super That's, the guy. That's the guy who's uh, listening. And I'd mention a few of our fans. There's Anders there. We had Colin Backer, or Baker, however his name is said. We had... Um, a Kurt from Tennessee. I can't remember his last name. But Very it was thoughtful Kurt. email. Yeah. Uh, so we've had uh, several Strong people. Strong Don will make a comeback someday. Yeah. That's right. We've read their information or their emails online. It was great stuff. So we, just to uh, do a quick recap, from the time we did our first anniversary episode, that was right at the time we were also releasing our Halloween episode of 2015. Coincidentally, we're in October again this year of 2016, and you will probably have just heard our Halloween episode for 2016. Joe, it's actually not a coincidence that our anniversary is at the same time as it was last year. But really, it's in September. The coincidence is we're doing it wrong every time. <laughs> that's the coincidence. Well, that's just par for the course. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's figure scheduling with us for about a month off right and now sandwiched in between those two halloween episodes were some big things our entire alamond campaign where we started in D D and switched over to dungeon world and finished that campaign during that campaign we had a um christmas episode a holiday episode uh, a holiday uh, conglomeration really several episodes and then we also had our play from the perspective of the bad guys episodes where we oh, played pirates. pirates and demons some fun stuff. Super fun. The pirates are fun. And from there, or, or within that time, also we had several sidebars. We hit a sidebar on <clears throat> uh, partners in gaming, a sidebar with dealing with missing players, and a sidebar with encounter building. We also had a couple of separate things all together where um, some of us got together and played Tavern Tales, which was another RPG. And uh, Kurt and... JJ and I got together and played a, a three-part series of Dungeons & Dragons with JJ as a DM, which we called the Three and You series, which is out there as well. Which is awesome, because when people ask me now if I've ever had a three-way, I can totally say You can yes. totally say yes. Totally. With two other guys. So, I'm so comfortable. Kurt is the other dirty girl of the group. <laughs> um, and in addition to that, we also had the beginning of our Strahd campaign. We did, we did our Death House intro to that and then led into Strahd, which we are currently in the middle of. And that yep. will be picking up as part of this stream. So, hey, guys, let's start talking about it. Alamon campaign. Who remembers how it started? Kurt has uh, notes, so he remembers. At the, there were spiders in a basement. There were. We were in uh, the basement of Timmy's Tans, and there yep. were giant spiders. 
Now, that was where one of our recurring guests came in, Kevin. Yeah, red, red shirt, shirt Kevin. Kevin. Red shirt, Kevin. Does anyone remember his character? Not Kurt. Oh, Havoc. come on. Am I not going to be able Havoc, to talk right? just because I prepared? <laughs> Havoc. Havoc. But I, I also get to cheat because he's played that character before. So uh, That helps, yeah. So who remembers any bit about that? Uh, first off, what were our character names? I'm going to ask Kurt to name every character except his own. Uh, Mickey played Nessalus. <laughs> yeah. JJ played Calamity. And Britt Brit played a character whose name changed constantly, but I think it was actually Elena. Elena, yep. Now, with an A. JJ, what was Kurt's character's name? Truk. And yes. that was something, I, that was my device. That and was the my reason, design. The reason why I asked you to do that, because we had our game from scratch where your character's name was backwards, just like Truk was backwards yep. for Kurt. Um, Correct. But like, I remember uh, that first that first episode was where I kind of established myself as the paladin of commerce by uh, yeah. charging the baker to heal their kids <laughs> yeah. of the spider's poison. <laughs> you yes. guys could pay me for this. So we were we were in that basement fighting the spiders, and I remember that was our um, uh, spot. I think that was the first time that Elena was knocked to zero hit points. Yeah, I mean, the thing what is, is in 5th edition, level 1 is super squishy. squishy. Yeah. Yeah. And we started that in D&D, 5th yep. edition rules, and like 1, and then even to a lesser degree, 2, you're really squishy. She got whaled on. She did. I remember it was a recurring thing that she mentioned later. Each time she was coming back to consciousness, like you were flying over her, the, the, the monk was flying over her at the time that she was coming back from the brink of death. Um, so we had that. We had the giant spiders in the basement. Helped out the baker. <clears throat> and then Havoc, Kevin's character, led the party to the mysterious stranger. Do you guys remember that? The tent. I remember. It, it was an era. undead dude. An it was a white. It was a white. A white yeah. Technically, oh. it was a white. Yep. And you guys, uh, at that point, you, you lost your Havoc. <sighs> Havoc was destroyed. That was the official red shirting of Kevin the first time. Havoc broke free. Yeah, he was fun, yeah. though. It's good to have him. Yeah, very good. And he has joined us a couple of times since. He was there for Death House, and he has uh, also he joined us for our Halloween episode. Our Halloween episode, aired. yeah. Yep. I didn't realize he played Death House. That's all he, he, he provides he a, a nice counterpoint in his play style. He's very methodical. So, Yeah. Now, one of the things I appreciated coming back from Havoc's demise was I asked everybody in the group to write what they did after that death. And people came in with some notes that they did. There was the, well, JJ, do you remember what? Yeah, um, did? I know who. What? Calamity. Uh, Calamity, he, uh, he did the old uh, Greek thing where he um, put some coins on the eyes so that uh, um, Havoc could make his way to the afterlife and... Um, I'm trying to remember, I, I don't. I, you I did had the a whole really ceremony. Big, yeah, yeah I, I did a really big write up on it, and I don't remember anything now. Other than that, <laughs> it was only a year ago. <laughs> Come on, actually, technically about a year and a month. Now. Yeah, yeah. Mickey, do you remember what uh, Nestleus did at that time? I think uh, is that, that the boyfriend? I it may have been one of the early introductions to the diary, but I'm not sure. I think but, that um, was that was the yeah. intro to the diary. The, there was an entry. One thing I remember was she blasted away all the remains of the skeletons and whites out of anger because mm -hmm. Havoc had been lost. Because Havoc died. I think Truk just kinda hung out. Uh, Truk was very chill for a while. Was chill. Definitely chill. Um you and were during, with your during the episode after that happened. 
was the one where I remember, to me, I remember it vividly, plus within the uh, recording, when I went back and listened to it during the post-production, there was this time where, I, where Kurt said, I'm going to grab this arrow and throw it back. And I said, you know what? If you roll a 20, I'll let you knock the other one out of the air. You rolled a 20. The, you jumped up. There were cheers at the table, and, and that was echoed in the recording. This is one of the three highlights of the year, for sure. Yeah. Not, I grabbed it. I threw it back. I like killed him. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it was very, very cool. And that happened in that Should not episode. have happened at level one or two, but awesome monk move. Hey, when you roll a 20, why not? I agree. You, you got to let it happen. As many ones as you roll, I've got to let the 20 come <laughs> for something. <laughs> it was like a hint of things to come, because Duke yeah. had some awesome moments. He sure did. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, the next episode after that was titled Truke unconscious yes <laughs> yes yeah. i might have been absent for one or two of these episodes yeah and, and uh, turned to stone you were yeah. To stone. yeah so that was when we were heading to troops hometown of tijon remember that what yeah. happened at the town so tijon was where my brother was and we were yeah concerned about the, the, they were rounding up kids and kidnapping exactly. them. so we headed back there and uh at some point i got turned to stone i'm medusa during the battle in Tijon, Troop becomes petrified by a Medusa. Yeah. Uh, I'll actually turn this this way if you, oh, care, there you go. care to watch what Stop I'm Stop cheating doing. over there. That's not cheating. This is just the stuff, you know? Um, so I have my notes here. For those listening, I have my notes here. If you listen to the beginning and ending of the episodes, the, those are what I call the podcast voiceover. And I keep these documented, and that's what I have open at the table right now so people can see those little blurbs I put at the beginning and end of episodes. It's the only way we're going to remember what the hell we did a year ago. Um, so that happened there uh, shortly after is when I think we started hearing about the diary because the title of the next episode was Dear Diary. Therefore, Nestleus must have had a part in there somewhere. Yeah, she was going through her um, fatal attraction phase and broke a piece off of Truk's petrified body. Do you remember that? Yeah, well, she had to. Well, Which chip piece? off the old Truk. A chip off the old Truk. And JJ, do you remember when they borrowed the animals and supplies? What did they build? They built a Travoy. <laughs> Which is almost a running joke now. It, 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 yeah. well, it's more of a dragging joke, but... <laughs> oh. oh! No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not, there. Bill. I'm not sorry at all. Uh, and that was the first time we dealt with the Bone Naga, which it did come back, I think, more than once. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And during the night then, I believe um, Calamity, uh, Calamity was into also that. turned to stone. No, he did? Yes. Calamte was Calamte was stoned. stoned. And uh, Nestleus and Elena <laughs> did a little... Stone. not edibles. <laughs> <laughs> Nestleus and Elena did some stone-on-stone stone Tetris yes, action there, I believe. Yeah. You guys were, you know, asked about... So lucky, it's lucky I built a Travoy first. Yeah. And, and Mickey, <laughs> the entire time, was trying to put Calamite into dirty positions, I remember. It was yeah, asked to mouth. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was just trying to make the centipede. <laughs> That's nice. Um, and, th- and then I have a note there that Kurt joins us in the next episode. So that's, that was when Kurt was indeed out. Uh, conveniently, his character was I'd also like to think I was missed yeah. you, back then. You would. Considering I actually put in there that you were back, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at that point, this is where we did the monastery montage. This is where the boyfriend thing happened in the diary, I think. Yes. So we had, uh, I, I think I want to say it was... Six or eight weeks, I said, had passed uh, during a siege on the monastery mm-hmm. and asked, uh, again, each player to come up with what did your character do. I use this kind of as a gateway for us to jump a few levels to get cooler in D&D terms. I want to say we hit level four. four. Mm-hmm. 
It's either four or seven. Four, uh, the four next was the jump milestone. was like seven or something, yeah. right? This is fun. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah. We, we got, got to cool imagine pat- what happened during the battle, and some, yeah. we were supposed to imagine something heroic that our character did. Do you I remember think. what Troop did? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember exactly, but I remember there was a point where he the basically sword. jumps off of the edge of the monastery, the throwing fire. alchemist fire. At, yeah, and it, like, I have a very yeah. visual picture in my mind of that I scene. I also remember you grabbing your yeah. sensei's sword. Without his permission. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And getting sh- is yeah. that where we met Michaela? Michaela. That whore. Yeah. That whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. How many times did you have sex with her? I never. I was just focused on So praying. like 20 then. <laughs> it was tantric every time. <laughs> he was saving it. So uh, What did, um, do you remember what Calamity did during that time? Unfortunately, absolutely not. I'm trying to remember right you know, now and I'm not sure. For just calamity. as an aside, because like, we can summarize, what, but like, it's funny when you do a campaign, there are moments, I think for a player, there are particular yeah. moments that you remember. And like for me, that one of, battle and coming down throwing yeah. the alchemist fire and landing and with the sword like that's an image that i still remember vividly even though yeah. there are entire episodes of that campaign i can't remember yep so i remember that i remember a scene we'll get to i'm sure with the pirates when i'm flying oh, yeah. and i come down yeah. and it's funny how when you look at it like six months of a campaign there are like three or four moments that are particularly vivid and yes. they may be totally different for me from what jj remembers and mickey remembers but over the between all of us we got the whole campaign covered like i remember i know it uh Nestlis did. Nestlis had just learned uh, bewitching pattern or something, and she was casting that like nonstop. Oh, wasn't it yes. dominate? Uh, dominate? No, yeah. dominate was later. Well, that later. one I had learned, and I actually cast it on Elena and messed her up pretty bad. Yeah, and Elena got really excited when you cast that on her. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember here just because I'm reading the notes that. Nestlis had started getting ominous warnings from her diary at that time. That's too. right. The diary was talking back. And that's where the campaign shifted the focus towards Nestleus, and all the next episodes during that time start with the character. A naive right? Nestleus. And I, I will say here, since the game master won't say it, I thought, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you want to just go through episode, or can we talk about the campaign generally? Oh, we can talk about Let's anything talk about we campaign. want. I'm just going through it this way to jog our memory. So in hindsight, I really, really liked the Alamon campaign. Yeah. Probably more in hindsight even than when I was playing it. And I really liked the way that you shifted the structure from the first part we had I don't know if it was three or six episodes that kind of focused on Truk, and then we focused yep. on Nestlis, and we focused on Calamitate. And so everyone had their focus and their time to be kind of be the star. But you were never lost when you weren't the star. And if you look at that campaign as a whole, over the course of it, like we did a lot of really varied stuff, yeah. which I guess we'll get to if we go through kind of episode by episode. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, like I think it was a really, really, really fun campaign. Cool. And yeah. even though we totally shifted rule sets and we can probably yeah. talk about yeah. D&D versus Dungeon World and all that. Like, sure. I think when I think back to actually shed campaigns that I remember um, this will be one of the ones that I really enjoy. Yeah. I think, cool. that, I think we just talked about that in one yeah. of our uh, how to be a DM things where you shine, you, you, give, you give one character a yeah. spotlight for a certain amount of time yeah. and you just keep rotating it that way. That's how that way everyone's Right. Part. And it's actually good because it's great to be the center of the attention. Like when I was, when Truk had the center of attention, that's great. It's also nice to know I got a week or two, I can just kind of sit back and be yeah. the supporting character. Both of those thing, are yeah. great. And I think it, when I think about like planning a home game or whatever, I, I really like that structure a lot. And to cool. kind of jump a little bit there with, with Strahd, yeah. I feel like Strahd and the campaign is more always in the spotlight and you guys are just kind of playing the playing part. Along. Mm. So like, when you're running a pre 
a pre-generated campaign, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, spotlight is harder to shine on the characters. Definitely. I agree with that. I think that is one thing, and I know we're jumping way back now, but one thing I really liked about the starter set, the starter set didn't really shine a light on the game. The, the starter set was really on the characters. It's still a well, really well done thing, and that's going back two years for us. Mm-hmm. Cool stuff. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll go back to this, but we can break off any time. I just wanted to go through it sequentially for the memory aspect of it. But um, so we had Nessalis talking about her own past mm-hmm. um, and learning about her dad. Learning about dad. And yeah. I, that's where she learned what she really was. Like she <laughs> I had think, no idea. What? I'm a demon. I'm a what? demon. Say what? The fuck? <laughs> uh, hello, mirror. Right. I, my mom always said I was pretty. <laughs> and then we did the whole pirate thing. So we went across the ocean. That's where you flew. Yeah. Yes. So pir- yeah, for me, pirate was a fun... Int- like, for me, I think about the monastery. I think about the pirates. I think about the Christmas episode. And I think about the finale. Now, do you see the exit of that episode 11? Where I, I actually... I like... It was clever planning and impeccable execution. So exactly. it, it, it just worked out really well. This is what we're going to do. And it sounded, as usual, like batshit crazy stuff. Right. And it just worked, it out, worked out very right. well. Right. Yeah. I think that's also where the, uh, the party realized that um, Calamte is a little bit more out for himself and up for the money. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Yeah. Uh, playing yeah. both sides. Yeah, at some point, I think when we shifted to Dungeon World, one of my bonds was something like, I will, I can't remember how it was worded, but it was basically, I'll make Calamity see, see the world like I see it. So yeah. be more selfless and see the error of his ways. And that bond was never fulfilled. <laughs> not, quite, not quite, no. Well, you guys were stuck <laughs> in a crevasse. Well, no. Right. Yeah, he you bought were his a, way out of he it. He bought his way out. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you remember, you, know, you said you, you've got fond memories of that pirate scene. Do you remember what the sequence was that got Truk over there? It got Truk to, over. From, from the boat you were on to the pirate ship. Oh, I mean, there was, there was flying because and was visibility a, was a group and coming effort. down behind the captain. And yeah, yeah, yeah there was, I cast invisibility. Right. You had like little flying shoes or something. Right. I was an invisible yeah. flying boot monk who yeah. dropped down behind with stealth and wailed the heck out of whoever I wanted to wail the heck out of. Cool stuff. Yeah, no, that was awesome. That was really awesome. And the Which, at this point, we're still ahead. relatively low level, so to, the, it, it would only work because of the teamwork, right? Like, yeah, I couldn't I, do that no, myself. I, at, this, at this level, we were seven. We were level seven. Right. Yeah, I think seven right. sounds right. But um, it, was, it was only because of Nestle's invisibility that that worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just would have been a flying monk that right. they could have thrown exactly. arrows at. It would be like, who's that random, like, Asian-looking dude up there? <laughs> <laughs> Why it got to be Asian? Why it got to be a- Asian-looking, not Asian. <laughs> Asian-looking. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then uh, we arrived at Wint for the first time, the port city uh, of Wint, Wint, which is main the main city of the adventure, a place where we could go back to. Yeah, it was definitely the hub yeah. of our travels. It was home to the Sea Spirits Tavern with its fine yeah. wenches and lasses who worked the bar. Oh, the seawater bidet. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Shrooks I really room. did like that a yeah. lot. Um, Why do we have bidets in America? Reading, you can buy them. You just don't yeah. have them automatically. Um, Reading the notes here, I remember now Captain Jones's credit coin. Yep. Mm-hmm. That idea came kind of out of nowhere, and it just worked. It was awesome. We had no idea how much money was on it. And Joe yeah. basically said, you can spend it until you can't. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a credit card. Like, when you try to buy come. a plus three sword, it yeah, won't work. It won't, <laughs> it won't work. <laughs> but that was, it, it, it was one of those episodes where we did shopping. 
and we hadn't really shopped on air before. And I, I will go out on a limb and say it wasn't all that exciting, no. but it was a neat. It thing was to part do. of the nitty gritty that is yeah. campaigning. Part of the grind. Yeah. Can I find a boot that does this and a shuriken that does that? And I, well, yeah, yeah. And that, it I just, was totally looking for this season's triple button, double breasted fine monk suit. Where, where the buttons were all shuriken yeah, in disguise. Yeah, yeah, but it turns out that didn't really exist in Wint, so, so I you, just had to settle for You stayed shirtless. shirtless, yeah. yeah exactly. That sounds about right. Um, then we found the library. Nestle found the book because we were starting to do research on yes. Dentalian and that stuff. Um, also, the Arcus Arcanum, I think, showed yep. up the first time there. Arcus Arcanum. Oh, that wizard that Nestle didn't get along with. <laughs> The rude guy. <laughs> yes. He, she hacked into the ley line. Yeah, he locked you out of his office. <laughs> well, he was dealing with the uh, the Clinton. paladin of commerce. The he only respectable member of the party. Yeah. Didn't isn't that the episode or around there where Nestlus figured out how to do kind of like a long distance? Oh, the tweet. The tweet that comes up. Uh, well, well, actually, let's go to that. Um, I think, well, maybe it wasn't right away. Oh, well, the no, Arcus later. It was a lot of info because we, that's where we started to find out about the Crimson Order, yeah. which led to our holiday episode. Yes. And that's what I was going to say. The next one is the holiday episode. Oh, yes. Which, awesome. The title of which came from Mickey, as many of our funny titles do. How cute. Light, Light them on fire. fire. Happy holidays. Oh, the little reindeer. Yes, I remember that uh, a bit. Not only because we had the gingerbread house thing on the table, but when we got to the first room of the dungeon, it was go in and kill it. What? They're not fighting back? Well, let's kill another one just to be sure. Cut off Rudolph's face, I think it was. <laughs> Killed Rudolph. Yeah, that was and a then back one. up and, okay, I guess we can just move on. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic murder hobo scenario. Exactly. I, like, I know. I feel really bad about what we're doing. But and as usual, I wanted to talk and everyone yeah. else wanted to kill. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it was, you're really torn. Like, it's an elf sweatshop. Do we really have to kill the elves? The zombie elves. Well, the elves are zombies. shoot first. I know, I know that's always your question. argument. They're zombie elves. But maybe they just want to be let free. <laughs> maybe they have feelings. Zombie feelings. But zombie zombie feelings. feelings. Right. So that's that awesome. zombie you spare today will eat your brain tomorrow. Correct. And I, I used the, uh, the episode not just as a way to have some fun, but to link the Alamond world by taking a guy from the Crimson Order, the insane wizard, giving him a book that you could read and get some more information. So that actually got us, I think, towards um, uh, learning more about the Wild Walker, the Druid, mm-hmm. that guy as well. So they were friends. I used that to link some more things Drugana. in the background. Yes. And that's where we switched. We went into the... Yeah. And as an aside, I will say, yeah. super fun, uh, maybe not true Dungeons & Dragons multi-classing, but for me, at that point, I was a little bored with the monk, and so to yeah. be able to start bringing in some druid stuff made, like, added new life for me. I think character. that happens in a couple of more episodes, because we have a couple of more D&D ones, and then we switched over. So we had Nestle's Shadow Demons and Wobbly Bits. Oh, the Wobbly Bits. The Wobbly Bits. Mr. couldn't don his armor in time, because he had doffed it. Previously. I, I docked it, man. <laughs> you can't sleep in donned armor. Y'all, you it's are not here in the shed, but I swear to God, if you see him doff his armor and <laughs> don it enough times, it's just more than you can handle. <laughs> it's great stuff. It's a sexy, sexy sight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we had it was we a should fight do a video, video, a Facebook Live of JJ doffing and donning his armor. Okay. <laughs> that would be that would be NSFW. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be NSFW. <laughs> 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 All. <laughs> Uh, no, life. 
Oh, not, not safe for life. <laughs> safe for life. And then our last episode that was Dungeons and Dragons was the one where you went to the grove, the secret grove of the Fey Oracle, the Druid's place, yes. and everyone tried to protect Nessalus while and, she was being attacked. Yeah, this was fun because this was basically like Hong Kong action film. Just put your backs to each other yeah. and hold and, them and off. And it was Godzilla, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, it worked. Yeah, it was super fun. Because this was Shadow Demons. Yes, like, everything. Yeah. And like, this was fun because later we end up when we on one of the episodes where we play the enemies. This was one that we played the demons, right? Yeah, you played yeah. demon a party of demons that were on their way to on this way. confrontation. Right. So in a way, you played them before they got there and got killed, right. which was kind of neat. Um, oh then, yes, uh, the flame. Calamity's double crossing uh, came back and bit him in the butt. It did. Right. And this is about the time we shifted to Dungeon World rules, right? Right. That right. was the last D and D episode. The next one was called. Um, Dungeon World and Pirates Revenge. Right. So faithful listeners will know that uh, some of us love 5th edition, but for the podcast, it's not always super fun to listen to us roll dice and add modifiers and figure it out. So we decided just for pure recording purposes to make a shift to Dungeon World. And there are pluses and minuses of both, but I think it was fun. I think the campaign was fun with both systems. Yeah. Um, like I like if the, we were I like not the timing of the switch that the characters didn't get too complicated in D&D. Exactly. And we just kind of kept a flow going. Yeah, and, and we I did like a that. sidebar on kind of the pluses and minuses of each. And if it were pure home game, I think most of us probably would have stuck with D&D. But for recording purposes, it made sense to shift. And, and we this got is some actually, good out of it. It's a good opportunity to mention, too, for those who are interested in hearing them side by side with the same people at the same table, listen to Alamon 16 and 17 back to back because that's going from D&D at, I, can't, I think it was 7th level, 10th level, level. level, fighting demons as a group. To playing similar characters in a completely different game system and just continuing the story. They'll give you a really good example of what they're like back to back. It's funny, too, because I don't want to get into it more here, but that's a debate in my mind I still have all the time about what I like about each of those systems. And particularly when I'm thinking about teaching my kids gaming and starting gaming. Like, what are the pros and cons of each of them? <laughs> if you're talking about gaming, uh, Dungeon World is the arts and literature one, and D&D is STEM. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a very yeah. good description. I yeah, like but it's a, I, yeah. Again, let's do it on another sidebar. Yeah. But it, that's a. I think there's a lot to flush out on the on that topic. So I, I'm curious. Try to remember this one, JJ. Upon hearing of the South Seas Pirates' revenge plan, Calamite hatches his own plan of defense. That was with the deputized dwarves in the city. But yep, I can't remember all what happened there. Um. So the the pirates. Uh, they wanted their revenge because they uh, they felt like they got the the short end of the deal. They were double double crossed. They were double double crossed, <laughs> and um, so yeah, they they wanted their revenge, and uh, they we we were all in the guild hall. I don't remember what the guild hall is called now. Uh, Fires of Azkaranth. Azkaranth, yep. Right? yep. Fires of Azkaranth. I don't uh, know how I remembered that. It's not on the paper in front of me. Okay. And so we 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 heard from a scout, maybe. That uh, oh yes, they're coming. They're on the way. They're coming. They're coming. Yeah. They're on the way. And then um, we went out and we based. I, I think I did a charm. I, I did a, a diplomacy to one of the dwarves, yeah. and I said, "We're deputized, you know, to defend this city." Oh yeah, I think you convinced them. I, that I as convinced long as you at, could protect the area that yep. that you guys would be a part of them or they would be part and then of you, right? We, yeah. we ended up winning the fight, and then we stole their ships and created our own Coast yes. Guard. And that was the hostile takeover, the next one. Yep. Yes. Um, so the heroes were deputized, and then you had a fight. Um, 
I guess during that one, looking at the closing notes, uh, we didn't know if the Pirates were going to concede or not. Uh, at some point in there, there's a skeleton crew. Oh, that's later, but yeah. And then next, we shifted the focus to Elena's story, and that was where Britt's character took the spotlight for a bit. And we had our special, yeah, another yes. special guest, Chris. This was that episode we recorded in the garage, mm-hmm. the one where um, JJ and Mickey brought me a uh, condolence card for the loss of my equipment, which I have the envelope for, but <laughs> I'm not sure where the card is right now. Hashtag sorry. Yes, I had the loss of a piece of electronic equipment, and I had to reschedule and all this. It was a mess. And we had a snow like four inches of snow in South Carolina. So I tried to relocate to the garage, et cetera, et cetera. So then we did end up recording in the garage. Chris joined us. Neither snow, nor rain, nor sleet, nor hail. Yeah. And stop the adventures in the shed. Damn right. And Chris joined us, and he played the cleric Jer, who was from Elena's backstory. And I believe Chris is joining us again soon. Yes, Chris will be joining us for one of our Strahd episodes, or one of our Strahd recording days, so several Strahd episodes. Uh, during uh, the focus on Elena's story, we actually had that that uh, encounter where the party fell asleep and woke up to a bunch of ghosts pretty much walking throughout the camp. Um, uh, it's funny because I'm, I'm still trying to remember what significance they had in the story I wrote. I can't for the life of me remember why I had ghosts. Bad jam. But that's yeah. where we met Wylena. Wylena was part of that uh, part of the crew at that time. I think she yep. left Wint with you. Yes, because as part of the shopping, when you got bored, I think you said, can I just buy a bard or something? I can't remember. I wanted a companion. <laughs> there you she go. was very, very cute. Yeah. She served her purpose well. And she served more than her purpose. No, I think I think the ghosts were just a uh, plot hook to yeah. get us to go to where the blacksmith was. Well, there was more. Uh, what I'm struggling with is where I was bringing them back into the story. They were going to be the people from that town that she had visited, the blacksmith one. But I can't remember how I was going to bring them back into the story after because they were supposed to be there again. Okay. I just can't remember what I was going to do with them. One, yeah, bad DM thing. It's a year ago. Yeah. I don't think and I Elena was the them. last living member of the Order of the Light. That's yes. correct. So yep. It would make sense that she had ghosts in her past. And that, that was also where we learned that she had gone by different names, which was actually turned into an in-game reality because of the around table jokes of no one being able to remember. Elena, Alyssa, uh, Alana, Alana uh, yeah, a persona. Uh, and we also learned there with the blacksmith about the three swords. Who remembers anything other than the one Kurt and Calamity were already holding? The third one was where? Silence. Silence. It was, it, well, it was, there was the one crickets. from the Wadazeshan Monastery. There yeah. was Calamity's, and there was one from the temple that the Order protected. Yeah, yeah. you got it. Yeah, that was the the third one. The It was uh, uh, Umbral Dawn? No. Ooh, he's remembering the names. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't. Um, I don't think I have them written it in was, any of the show notes. There was Dust there, Demise. Dust Demise. Because I kept saying Duck Demise, even though I wrote Dust Demise. Um, Dawn's. Dawnbringer? Dawn. I thought it was Dawnbringer. Dawnbringer? No, that, that was a server I played on a while. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I can find them on email while we keep talking you, you about might. other things. Uh, but as part of that, going to get that other sword, the third one, which you guys realized was the one you didn't have, was the next episode, which was Elena and the Temple Run. That's when you guys did an all-out frontal assault on a fortress. Yep. Yep. 
that had well, we demons a, and naga fighting outside. We dug a tunnel. No, not this one. Not, not that this was one? that. That was the monastery afterwards. Mm. But on this one, it was just. I think, I, if I remember right, you guys spent about fifteen minutes trying to come up with some kind of strategy, and, and said, at some point, somebody it. just said, "Right down the middle." Yep. And I remember Chris at the time playing Jer the cleric said, "Yeah, I'll do it." Done. And he just charged right through, making way for Elena to get through. And it was just one of those charge there right was down the sliding middle. Sliding on one person sliding under yes. the person's yeah. shield yep. and. There were some good rolls on that one. We had some straight out of Lord of the Rings stuff. There. And then we did a level up at that point um, and escaping the tunnel. So we had the three swords. I still didn't write the names of them in here, but uh, it was the prophecy. Kurt, if you look up an email from me with the word prophecy in it, you'll probably find it. Um, JJ's going to look too. It's a race to see who gets to the email first. Who's? I'm a technological nimrod. So All right. It so will be JJ. Mickey will probably get it then. She's not even looking. <laughs> That's awful. Um, Straight out of So then I remember one of these things. After we got the sword, uh, there were demons on the other side of the door, and somebody had the bright idea of setting a fireball down the corridor. Yeah. 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 Who was that somebody? Uh, I, I think it was Elena. Uh, probably, yeah. The paladin Elena casting cast fireball. fireballs, yeah. Well. With Although she was a ba- no. pal Barfy. No. She was a paladin pal- bard fighter. <laughs> pal Barfy. But yeah, Nestleus did the fireball, sucked yeah. all the oxygen sucked out of the room. All the air out. Yep. However, it, it was successful in that it didn't kill any party members and allowed you to escape. Yes. So, dust demise, yeah. day of reckoning, day of dawn arise. Dawn arise. There we go. Welcome to birth, outcast by choice. Hey, the prophecy. Concealed in life, strong a voice, bolstered by purity, by serenity, my might, the child of darkness. We are the heart of the night. Why are you trivializing our life mission? What's that? Why are you trivializing our life's mission? I don't know, it's kind of why are you trivializing the word trivializing? No, why, are you, why are you trivializing <laughs> shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got that. We got That was also where we found the prophecy, found the sword. We got that. Um, afterwards, we went on to... Uh, see what, what uh, I, I can't remember. Uh, electricity, well, Elena broken ends up bones in a, a coma, mm-hmm. and so we go fight yes. some pirates, and yep. uh, then there's a griffin. Oh, uh, al- also, well, at this part, no, nothing. This else is matters. where Truk Truk was starting to learn to be a druid because I have notes here that Truk has some growing pains as he learns to use the druid craft. Oh yeah, yeah, there was uh, yeah, those growing pains ma- may have involved some bad rolls. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. shape elements or yeah, you were oh yeah, shape shifting, right? Yeah, yeah no, 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 elemental mastery, elemental mastery. Yeah. That's yeah. What every it is. time I tried to master the elements, the elements mastered yeah. me. Or, uh, elemental mastery or lack thereof, um, essentially. Correct. But and I, the thing about that is, I remember because it's Dungeon World, right? In Dungeon World, you want to describe things cinematically. Like, oh yeah, look, there's no fun to rolling in Dungeon World. It's just two d sixes. Who cares? What yeah. you want to do is describe what's going to happen. So I would be like, "Truk's going to do I'm this." You use wagon up and minutes, and I spend ten minutes describing it, and I roll a three. Yes, and Joe be like, "Yeah, you fall into the earth." <laughs> Or Oops. some vines like constrict you until you almost die. Yeah. Or yeah, and then thunder strikes you on the head and you lose nine. Or you're able to throw the wagon with the wind, but it breaks Wailina's arm and kills yeah. one of the guards. And yeah, all that. And now Wailina was in critical right. condition. Ooh, Good job. And then Poor comes girl. the highlight of the campaign. The next two episodes were Keystone Pirates um, and How to Pass a Demon. Gosh, <laughs> I want to let you guys talk about these. I I think the pirate one was the more fun. Oh gosh. But 
but both of them. So let me just uh, another Which quick episodes? synopsis of what this was. This the is pirate. 26 and 27. Oh. So what I had been wanting to do for a while in other games and thought it would be awesome to do it in the podcast. I took a couple of scenarios from the adventure we were already playing and said, I want my players to play from the NPC side. I want them to see what it's like for the people who are constantly getting beat up by the players. So I picked a couple of scenarios. I picked several and we picked out of them playing pirates, pirates that would fight against Calamte's merchant Marine. And also a group of demons who are on their way to the grove to try and kill Nessalus. Right. I'm hearing some, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, resistance to the demon one. It was a party split between right. the demon one and something else. Right. To clarify, Joe gave us four scenarios, scenarios. and he said, yeah. I want you to play the other side in, in two of these four. And then we yep. voted. Yeah. And we picked two of the four. Yep. Pirates and demons. So who wants to take it over here now? Pirate one. Talk about it. <laughs> God, well, first off, we had soup. Ronnie. Ronnie was a special guest for that one, too. And I, Ronnie kept a Scottish accent the whole time, which was funny. I, he did. He yeah. put in a strong performance. He did. There was soup on the deck at one point, yeah. lit on yeah. fire. That was me. That was me. Yeah. Sliding all over the place. Didn't you try to like swing from the boat from one oh, ship to yeah. the other? We had, we had a captain named after the porn star from Pirates. I mean, there was a lot <laughs> oh, of... Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. right? Was, yeah. and, uh, or Edward... What's the good guy's name? I can't remember, but he, uh, anyways, it was it was I was every guy I named in that episode yeah. was from Pirates, the porn movie, and at some point, like Elena, Alyssa, Britt kept wanting to like be in charge, but she kept like failing every single role, and so I think I there think was a she was supposed to be the captain. She was supposed right. to be the captain. But she was totally incompetent yeah. at leading, so I think yeah. at some point there was basically Morgan. a mutiny. No, Morgan took over and was like, "I'm the pirate now." Yes, I'm the pirate. Now. Yeah. I'm the pirate. Now. I'm the pirate. <laughs> Oh, that gosh. was fun. I, I thought that episode was yeah, fun. Like, uh, I, what, I, I, what I think I enjoyed you, the most about those two episodes, or these two episodes we're talking about, is just the, the level of creativity we were able to bring to it. Like, because with typically when you're playing a campaign, you want to stay true to your character. You can't completely let that creative muscle flex. Right. With these, there's no recompense or nothing, nothing to worry about and just... Well, and we knew we lives. were going to lose, ultimately, because that's what happened in the campaign. Exactly. So. JJ, your character was the cook, right? He was. Yeah. And he was the most competent of us all, <laughs> well, of as course. I recall. That's how the soup got on the deck, I think. That's how the yeah. soup got on the deck. It was, yeah. oh, I don't remember. Was it to put out a fire, or did it help start the I fire? I think it helped start the fire. I don't yeah. remember exactly my reasoning. Right <laughs> that one was fun. That was fun. And then in the second uh, one, we were playing the demons. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we had... Be- it, Two types. We were like shadow demons and barbed. The Spikes. barbed demon, yes. Yeah. And, and I remember I wanted to shove myself down the druid's throat. Yes, and that was how the episode title came up, How to Pass a Demon, because the druid passed the demon. He crapped you out the other yep. side. Yeah. <laughs> Which yes, is you made it awesome. in. That's pretty yes. bad. Yeah. Those were fun. They were nice interlude, too, because we've been playing Alamon for a long time at that point, and I felt like the holiday episode was kind of a good break, and then this was a good break, you know, it's not that you get bored, but it's always good to just kind of mix things up a little bit. And the timing on this was pretty good, I thought. And you guys got to kill a druid. Yeah. Yeah, I felt really bad about that one. You said that, but didn't you take his skin? Yeah, yeah you, you were. You were. Well, no, we, <laughs> I felt bad about it, but you're not gonna like waste no, good think, leather. Like, the sadistic <laughs> yeah. side, and Mickey came out on that one. She's talking about uh, stri- flaying the 
skin of a baby oh. so that they eat the skin. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt Mickey's the most warped of us by far. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. No shocker, right? No shocker at all. In this current campaign, shocker. it's, it's totally messed up because usually she takes it out on JJ as yes. player character, but now that JJ is DMing, DM. she's like, at, there's no outlet. Yeah, it's totally messed up. Uh, she does hate. Um, I hate uh, on Calvin your character now. Yeah. It's true. We're going to get to that one soon, too. Uh, so those two episodes went by, and then what Mickey was mentioning earlier, Alamon's first the tweet. First tweet. The ritual. Do you remember how that Doubt worked and out? touched somebody. Yeah. Do you remember who you were sending the message to, who Nestle was sending it to? The monastery. Yeah, to the sensei. The sensei at the and Wado I, Seishan Monastery. I remember ah. because I'm reading through the wizard um, ritual thing. And there's one of these criteria, and it's something like they get a lesser version of, and you wanted to send a long message, so I said, you know, no, you're limited to 140 characters. (laughs) And and that's, it ended up being Alamon's first tweet because of that. And if I remember it, you were writing it out on a piece of paper to make sure you had the right amount, and it it was just a fun thing that uh, turned into a show title name. Um, Let's see, hashtag tweet sent, the Dawnbringer's ready. Um, tentacles and a skeleton crew. JJ, you raised your skeleton crew at I that did. time. I think it was a. It was tied to a metal uh, or a, a necklace. To... Yeah, there was a piece, an actual item that you that the cleric I think handed off to you. The cleric who raised the skeletons, mm-hmm. uh, I think he handed it off to you. But um, one of the neat things, this is a dungeon world thing, and I probably mentioned it in the recording as well, but one of the neat things that they do with their monsters is they tell you habits of monsters rather than what attacks they have. And one of the habits is to do what they did in life. And I remember with this one, if you went and raised sailors, well, they would go on your boat and do sailing things. And uh, when you said you needed a skeleton crew for the boat, I just remember, hell yeah, you're getting skeletons. You're not getting like two or three guys. You're getting a skeleton crew. Uh, and a that was, I, I really like that. And that is a forever crew because they're already dead. Yeah. I didn't, don't worry about feeding them. You no, don't have to pay no, them. No scurvy. <laughs> you know, they may have had it. doesn't matter anymore. Exactly. <laughs> you could probably load more stuff on the boat because they weigh less. Exactly. That's a good point, too. And they don't uh, take as much supplies either. Exactly. They don't eat. They don't sleep. They don't care. <laughs> the outhouse probably stays clean longer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's so many benefits to an undead so crew. Skeletons, benefits. though, not necessarily zombies. Zombies are kind of nasty. No, zombies Zombies need to eat. Yeah, they do. And they can't eat skeletons. No. No. <laughs> the I, next, I'm uh, not remembering this title at all. The next episode I took from something Kurt said um, when we were playing. So we, got, we were on the ship back, got to Fraber, the city of Bridges, who were gathering supplies. And one of the things Kurt said that... Um, was that we needed donuts. And other people were, I don't know, uh, dungeon rations and, and whatever, real food. And Kurt said donuts. And, he said, and somebody said donuts. You're like, well, the donuts are for strength. And that's where the, the show title came from. It was one that caught me off guard at the time. I remembered it. I put it in as the show name. We were probably recording on a Sunday morning. Yeah. I love donuts on a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably one of the times you brought the, your Entenmann's. Your Entenmann's donuts. Oh, that, you know, that could be, too. Yeah. Yeah. I used to bring fun food, and then JJ and Mickey stopped eating. Now it's yeah, but that was that was a eat, month we ago. We just don't Kurt. eat the fun food. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, we're headed to the Wadozeshan Monastery itself, where we found darkness. And I remember uh, yeah. one of the reasons I did "Goodbye Darkness, My Old Friend" is that we referenced "Hello Darkness, My Old Friend." I think 
I don't know, two million times. This this, this, this is right about the time they had just uh, released Disturbed, it. yeah, yeah, cover of it had just come out, and it, it was it was definitely on our minds. Yep. So we uh, we talked about that a bit during the episode. It's also poignant that the monastery was enveloped in demons, shadow demons, which just create darkness, and yeah. So anyway, you guys got there. Do you remember this was when you dug the tunnel? Do you remember anything else about that attack? We lost the sensei there was at the end of that one. Yeah, he was missing. We got in there and the third sword was missing and we couldn't find sensei Rishan. I also remember there was a, a force field on. bubble thing. Like you, you were doing force cage around us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good I point. I had picked yep. up force cage. That's right. It was, uh, I remember it being referred to kind of like a tank going through the monastery. <laughs> the next episode, Flays of Glory. I can't remember who said it, but somebody said that while we were playing. And that's another one that stuck. I wrote it at the time. Flays that's why, of like, glory. right around uh, springtime where allergies are going crazy. That could be. <laughs> um, so we had, uh, what was this? Oh, line? I remember. We walked in and I we, had, we came upon a group of Naga and Nestleus was just like, I'm going to take over. Yes. She walked over and that's what she had dominate. Slap the, the, the face. I'm in charge here. <laughs> and hey, it worked. It did. Yeah. Look at me. I am the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then down in the hole. That was uh, when. That's Truk. when the earth was swallowed. Truk. Times were, times were tough for Truk. And that was in one of the emails that we received from a fan. Uh, kudos to Kurt for having the courage to fail often. 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 <laughs> yes. And in glorious ways. Yeah. If I remember correctly, weren't you were down there, Clemente, and I had to go in after you, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and he then we fell start, in. Yeah, and now we're nearing our climax or our, or our finale. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have many climaxes here yes. in the shed, but we were nearing our finale. It, to that point, uh, where we were talking earlier about the focus on the characters, this is where we switched to Calamity's story, his, yeah. um, his spotlight. And it started with Calamity Unearthed, which was him being pulled out of the ground right in time because you didn't fail that role. Oh, and, and we had our interview on Tribality. I actually never went to see it. They posted it. It was. It was up there. Okay. Yeah. It still is, for that matter. Um, yeah, Tribality has that interview up there. Uh, and we also have here, um, going back home. So Calamity going back to Amarash. What do you remember about that? Oh, boy. Um, I remember trying to get in contact repeatedly. And, uh, um, oh, Lord, what's his name? The the gentleman in my contact was trying to warn me to stay away. Yeah, and I'm like, Nassan. Nassan, yeah. Yep. So he, um, yeah, after you got there, he is slain openly by the emperor right in the middle of a ceremony square. speech thing mm-hmm. in, in town square, uh, Empire Square. Probably better way to we put it. We ran for our lives. And then the, the uh, final play episode of that adventure. Mickey, whose character died? Nessalus is gone. Uh, how did oh. it happen? She took in the darkness. She accepted it to save the the rest of the crew. And it was a sweet moment. She went really full. Was. She went full on dark. She did. <laughs> she did from the inside out. From the inside out. And um, the different characters did different things to remember her by. Uh, there was a. Um, I wouldn't call it a headstone. It was more of a monument. It was a monument. It was a statue, statue. Yeah. to her grandeur. Oh, yeah. Nessalus. 
her song will be sung for years for to come years. by Wylena. Wylena yep. wrote Wylena the Bard. And then Calamity goes on to become the Emperor. Woohoo! Yeah. Piece of candy. And then we had an episode that was just a recap of that and the memories of that campaign. Kind of like what we just did. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, you know, that episode 37 probably was that. So that was essentially Alamond was about 36 hours, give or take, because each episode is near an hour. Yeah. Uh, that we just recapped in about 40 minutes or so. <laughs> and. Uh, it so we spent was, about a minute per episode. It was a really, it, for me, it was a really big, long-spanning, a uh, lot of stuff in it, like you were saying, Kurt. There's a lot of stuff that, that we were able to pull together as a group. Uh, and I think it was a very adventurous adventure, as it were. Yeah, for this format, that's about as long a campaign as we'll probably do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I also felt like that was a world that if we had wanted to, we could have played in for quite a while. Easily, yeah, I, I, it could easily be revisited because I've got a lot of the stuff from there. Let's there was um, a series of sidebars and yeah. one-offs after that. All right. uh, do we want to talk about that? I was going to jump towards Strahd next and yeah, talk about sidebars separate. But we can move on to Strahd. Can we briefly mention our um, play from scratch? Just briefly. Well, that was um, one of the other ones. Yeah, the was Miami it? Vice. Yeah, so, yeah, let's go there. I thought that was super fun. Not necessarily yeah. the adventure, although I enjoyed that. But the idea of we just came in totally cold. With no rule set and no preconceived idea of what the adventure yep. was going to be. And in the course of what, four hours, we came up with and then played a three-hour adventure. Yes. Which was super fun and, like, a great thing to think about doing at home. Like, look, we've just got one night. No one's got time to prep a game. Let's sit down, pick a simple rule set, and just decide what we're going to do and do it and see what happens. And, and again, it, like, it allows you to stretch that creativity muscle. Yeah. Like, there's no... There's no repercussions to what you do with it if it's going to be a, just a quick little one-shot. Right, and we, we did Dungeon World for that, right? Rules? Essentially Dungeon we World. Did Dungeon. Yeah, we, did, we did a... We made it easy. A, we just a Dungeon said, World hack? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever you want to do, you're, the biggest thing you're going to get a plus two for, everything else you'll get a plus one or something like that. Right, so yeah. again, whether you want to use Dungeon World for a long-term, cam- long-term campaign or not is debatable, but certainly for sitting down for one night, if you've got a, you want to do a quick three-hour one-shot, it's a great great system yeah. to use and we have so i have the notes here from that game so in the first episode we came up with our character setting and situation and from there we had miss garcia samaj and sean yeah but we started out with i mean i don't remember exactly but someone wanted to do space something someone mm-hmm. else wanted to do a heist someone else wanted to do 1920s gangster and somehow we ended up in you're 80s all Miami. you're in like forgetting minutes, you're forgetting so gonna, jj's idea which one huh? was that? We were going to be on the airplane on 9-11. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> which which kind of dropped quickly, but, as it were. <gasps> but, but we combined... Too like, soon? Too soon. <laughs> I guess actually one was urban fantasy. Yeah. So we basically combined kind of an urban fantasy, a heist, and, and we ended yeah. up in drug dealing 1980s oh, Miami. And yeah, we all had yeah. more, you know, more or less for a night. We had fun doing it. It was fun. Yeah. So, so, you know, the, to me, again, not to get into a systems debate, but to, to me, the big downside to Dungeon World is I don't feel like leveling up is exciting in Dungeon World. And you get around that by just playing on one night. You're just doing a one shot at yeah. one or two levels, and who cares? Yeah, exactly. So, so we had in that game uh, the drug stuff, the drugs and money, uh, drugs and guns, I'm sorry, is what came up to be the thing. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be that the gun shipment. Uh, you guys had the encounter at the dog track. Do you remember that? Yes, fiasco? Oh, yeah. that fiasco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Trying to get into the, the, the <laughs> private room. Didn't we blame it on? We blamed it on the Jamaican. Killing, <laughs> yes. killing dudes in a hallway, like Why broad did daylight. Blame it on the Jamaican. <laughs> so this was the uh, this was one of the only spots where that whole the fantasy part of urban fantasy came in because Samaj did something crazy to make the guy weird out. Yeah, you remember you like a portal or something in some weird thing in front of him that made him freak out. Yeah, it was uh, some kind of, uh, oh, Lord, I can't remember. It was total nonsense in the context of the game. But oh, it, was it was, but that was the fantasy part of the urban fantasy. That was the magic. He right. had real magic in the game, so to speak. Yeah, I did have real magic. What, yeah. what, what did I play? Do you remember? You were the uh, EMT that was a drug addict, and it was the drugs that gave you your power. The drugs oh, gave you your yeah. power. Yeah. <laughs> you were stoned the whole time. Yeah. I was able to force my reality on other people. There you there go. You. So we did that. Um, and we framed the Jamaicans. Part of that was Lupo said, look, uh, you guys just killed some of his men, so we got to say someone else did it. So we blame the Jamaicans. Poor Always Jamaicans. blame the Jamaicans. Poor Jamaicans. Yeah. No offense to anyone in Jamaica. <laughs> look, it takes a Haitian to know a Haitian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're so mean. I'm going to kick your ass. So, Kurt, tell us how that game from scratch ended, you double-crossing prick. Literally in spur of the moment, I decided that I was double crossing my team and, yeah. and making off like the champ at the end. And he did. But, yeah. Just jumped off the boat. Yep. And then Samaj found a landmine off. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And boom. Blew everything up. Yeah. Uh, it was a fun way to end it because the episode needed to end. It literally went out with a bang. The sun setting with the double crossing thief getting away. And uh, the two heroes left treading water next to a boat. And it left it open for a sequel. Yes, it did. They're going to come hunt me down. Uh-huh. So, awesome. I just um, like the idea of that game from scratch. It was fun. It was. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked coming up with everything from nothing. That, that's, again, a game from scratch. Uh, but I think... If I remember right, we maybe have spent five to ten minutes ahead of ahead of time saying, "All right, we're going to agree on this basic rule set, but then let's come up with everything else as we start recording." And that's how we ended yeah. up. Um, JJ and Mickey, you want to mention Tavern Tales a little bit? We, we played did. that up in the bonus room. Inside yeah, um, the the character creation on that was absolutely insane. Uh, a kid in the candy store for me, right? All this kind of stuff to pick from, and it and made it difficult. They're, they're mostly the yeah. same flavors, like, yeah. but they're, they're, there's little <laughs> yes. nuances. Yeah, so there was, there was banana strawberry and strawberry banana. Exactly. Which makes a difference. It does. Whichever one comes first, right? Yeah. Like um, red-orange and orange-red are two different colors from absolutely. Crayola. But uh, we, we had some people from, I believe, Reddit, right, that uh, created yes. characters for us yes. and gave from us a smattering of yep. different types. But, yeah, um, yeah that was a really, uh, it's very Dungeon World-esque um, yeah. but with more focus on the character development than, well, like character creation, maybe more character development. Yeah. Oh, we didn't get to any development, so who knows? But, um, I like the dice mechanic. Do you remember that, Mickey? You got to roll. Do you remember? Because you nah, liked it. really. You liked it because oh, the way it worked was for all of your normal stuff, you rolled 3D20 and took the one in the middle. Yes, that's right. Because you like rolling the big dice. I like rolling the big dice. I do like rolling the big dice. Yeah. I like playing with the big ones. (laughs) And then if take the um, the, the, uh, D&D advantage-disadvantage mechanic, and the way they did it was you you would roll three and take the top one for your advantage, or you would roll three and take the low one for your disadvantage, I think is something like that. And it was kind of a neat mechanic. The idea that you're rolling D20s for everything was pretty cool. 
Um, and we had and a. I wasn't here for this one, so just weren't. remind me: was this a Kickstarter game or? An, it was. It? it was a Kickstarter one that they asked us to run. Um, so we had a short adventure there where our three heroes, which were played by JJ, Mickey, and Bridget. Uh, the three heroes had to go figure out why a dragon was attacking the town, mm-hmm. found out that a dragon egg had been captured. Um, I think they had to return the dragon egg. Yes. Because uh, somebody broke one and killed the baby dragon that was yes. inside, which was a bad thing. Not Very our heroes didn't do it. Bad guys did it. Now, um, was, so it, was, it, was it I that tamed the dragon? Uh, what happened at the end was, or what happened with the dragon was, when the baby dragon was being born, I think Mickey's character remembered that the first thing it sees, it imprints, it on. imprints on. So you did like a reflective shield thing. So when the baby dragon came up, it got imprinted on somebody. I just don't remember who it was. Was it your character? It was somebody. It was somebody. Yeah. Um, and, I, and my notes here, I don't even see if I... Could listen again. But remember the group we called MHI from Murder Hobos Incorporated. Yep. Yeah. And you guys ended up not... Murdering murder a thing. Not even Um And then the other little side thing we did was the game that Kurt, the JJ, boys and I played. Yeah, the, boys the, yep. the three and you. And for those interested, there's at least one episode out there on YouTube. It was done with a 360-degree video camera, so you can actually hold your phone and turn side to side and look at Kurt, and then look at JJ, and then look back at Kurt, and then stay looking at Kurt because he's just so damn good looking. I'm a good-looking man. Yeah. <laughs> But it's kind of a neat. If only. It's so a good neat thing, thing you're modest. <laughs> yes, it makes up for it. Um, I enjoyed that little adventure. It, it made was. me want to play more of that. What was it? The draw, the draw wars. wars. Draw wars. Yeah. Now JJ and I were talking about it before you got here, and he couldn't remember much about it, and I could remember a bit. I could remember you were playing a sorcerer. I can't remember the class of the character I played. Do you remember? Was I a rogue? No, because. Th- I wanted to say you were a cleric, but you played I wasn't a cleric, a cleric. Halo later. Yeah, I I honestly can't remember, and I want to say it was a rogue because I thought I did a backstab kind of thing. Maybe we we're having a hard time remember. I feel we bad, remember but I can't a bit that. of the adventure, but not really the thing. Because I was telling JJ, I remember at the beginning we were commissioned to go warn the town because the drow were coming and their last messengers hadn't come back or hadn't given them the message. On our way there, we got to the bridge that was messed up and then we saw the things out of the corner of our eyes, the invisible stalkers or whatever they were. Oh, that was the rescue the the town from the curse of the werebore. They were turning into pigs overnight, yeah. Exactly. And we had uh, Wem. It was Wem. That was his name. Wem. Wem was the simpleton. Yes. Yeah, I think you were just a fighter or a paladin. Or I don't think you were. It doesn't matter. The point was yeah. we had to go and figure out why the town was cursed. Yeah. And ultimately, there was this hunter who had been had this reputation of being an amazing hunter. But it turns out that he had. He was full he, of poo. He, 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 had, he had killed a boar in the sacred yeah. grove of the chaotic evil god of nature. Right, and he wouldn't admit it, and he wouldn't let anyone know that he had done it, and that was yeah. why the curse was there. But you ended up, con- I think you ended up convincing him, your character ended up convincing him to make a bargain or something right, like that. Right, because I was playing a sorcerer, so I was yeah. high charisma, yeah. so I ended up talking him into doing something. I, I still, I, I am astounded that I cannot remember my character of that. And I, I remember a lot of things I did. I really cannot remember the character I played, and well, I usually don't have that problem. 
I just remember it was the first time I played a D&D sorcerer. Yeah. So I was totally like figuring oh. out all the rules on it, but it was fun. You have the notes there too, Kurt. Did I have in there what I played? Um, unfortunately, I think I'm missing a couple of pages from my notes, and I think I of may course. be missing this one. I thought, well, I don't. Here we go. Um, or did you find it? We had. Go ahead. What are you finding? Ariane, that was me, and yeah. Johnny. You were Johnny. Johnny. I played Johnny. We're on our way to Chalksmere. Yeah. Uh, but it does not have our classes. Oh, great. So we suck. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Uh, I found Arian and Johnny solved the mystery at Chalksmere. I keep uh, all Garstag my, was the bad guy. Right, I keep all my character sheets on my computer, but I don't keep yeah. yours. So. Yeah, go figure. Alas. But anyway, I like that one. I like that, that play. It was really, it wasn't the game from scratch per se, but it was the three of us getting together. We had some characters and we just played the game for a few hours. Yep. Um, well, and and it I like that, that you don't have example. to have the perfect and I, DM I, and I created like a little yeah. mini adventure within this, the uh, a much larger adventure. Yeah, right. right. So let, let's um, from there. Let's head towards Estrad by talking a little bit about Death House. Now, Kurt, you weren't here for that one. I was not, which bumps me out because I've read about it and it sounds awesome. Yeah. But. Um, JJ and Mickey and I and Red Shirt Kevin joined us for Death House. And we got Death House in what, three? Yeah, three episodes. Three episodes. Um, I can't believe you made it three episodes without dying. We did. Well, because of podcast, right? Because we, of podcast. We, we rushed it. <laughs> we wanted to get through some of the stuff. Mickey, we're just starting to talk about Death House. And that was the one where you and uh, JJ and Kevin and I played that pre adventure. And some of that. Um, I remember, I, I enjoyed playing uh, the boisterous Art the Paladin. Oh, that guy. Yes. Just kick through the door like I own the place. I liked Art. Art was fun. Um, Art was fun. And we had, who else did we have there? Uh, Jenny and Ooh. Ooh, yes. Uh, Otto Othello Octavius, something like that. Yep. Was Kevin's character's name. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just called him Ooh because it was O-O-O. Showed him Turn on your microphone. Face. Oh, oh. And, um, How's that? Jenny. We yeah, we had Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> um, so, JJ, tell us about how the beginning of that went, because I'm trying to remember how we got into the death house. So there's, um, we kind of bootlegged you in there, and uh, there's some kids standing in the alleyway. And they're like, oh, creepy kids. Yeah, they're like, we keep hearing screams coming from the basement. Our mommy I'll protect and your children. Exactly. Boom! And <laughs> you go. Um, Stuck in the uh, house. Yeah. Now we have to find our way out. And I believe that it was uh, the Paladin that found the wand of polymorph later yes, in the adventure, yes. right? That's a good point. Yeah, the, the Paladin got the wand with a frog. Had a frog on it. Yep. Yeah, you licked the frog. Yes. I love frogs. There was frog licking involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, the first one, the first episode was titled Row Your Bout. Because it's a great magic the harp. harp wouldn't keep tune. The harp's a chord. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, 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 so I was singing the wrong one. I don't um, want to talk over Joe, but there's a great magic card, Polymorph's Jest. You turn your uh, like creature or opponent into a blue frog, one one blue frog for one turn. That's a cool thing. Awesome. So, um, You're such a nerd. In the who, next, who knew that this would happen? In the next episode, I remember Jenny got freaked out. And I yeah. titled the episode The Thing That Mickey Said When She Was Freaked Out. Where's my doll? Where's my doll? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> and I liked yeah. it. I failed I, a save. It down. was a cool role play moment where it was we needed to do something to help people, and you were just like shelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's my doll? So it worked out really well. I like that. So some of the those things in Death House did. Oh, this was. Uh, I remember now. That was when uh, Jenny got possessed. Yeah. She was that afraid was of everything. Was yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then we finished it with episode three, Frog, which was where Art, or after Art had gotten the, um, the wand. That wand. Well, yeah, cause, uh, it was a shambling mound, wasn't it? It was a shambling mound, yeah. and you had a, both a wand of lightning, um, and you discovered that heals it, that heals the uh, shambling mound, so then you used the wand of polymorph. That's you cool. tried to blast it first. And oh, then yeah. So Try and kill it. I wasn't there, but Death House is a pretty darn lethal adventure for low-level characters. It did is. Did you fudge yeah. it to keep them alive, or did they stay alive, or what happened? Um, I fudged it a little bit to keep it within three episodes. I didn't want it going much longer than that. Um, Would they have died like 30 minutes in if you hadn't fudged it? I, well, they, I, the lethality comes from trying to escape Death House. Because and we were fine sitting there playing the the piano and what have you. Um, The 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 lethality comes from uh, the you face the shambling mound and you have a choice. The house either wants a sacrifice, or you fight your way out. So someone has to kill themselves on the altar, and the death house lets you out for free, or you don't sacrifice somebody and you have to fight the entire way out. Um. And we fought choking clouds of stuff the whole yep. way out, too. Um, yep. We had to make constitutional um, rolls or saves just yep. to be able to breathe. To get and that, that was me adding a little bit of suspense to it. Yeah. Um, but there should have been much more obstacles. But by that time, we had, I think, maybe 10, 15 minutes left. Yeah. And it was Because in my mind, the Death House is the Haunted Mansion from Disney World. Yeah. It's <laughs> on crack. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of scary. So. Yeah. Um, so we did... I don't care about the time. We go, we'll go until we're ready, damn it. Well, I was going to say, so that's a lead into Strahd, which that is where we is. are now. So we actually had a short episode. I want to talk a little bit. I want to leave time to make preview. sure we talk about how awesome our whole year was and we don't just recap. Yes. That, well, I want to do that, and that's part of my lightning round after, awesome. too. Yeah. Um, so we started Curse of Strahd. Curse of Strahd. And all of Curse of Strahd that we've done so far was in year two. So um, what, what we can do, because Curse of Strahd is a pre-published adventure, and J.J. knows probably more about it than the notes I have here, uh, we can just lead it as what we've done so far and the stuff that was memorable about what we've done so far, rather than going episode by episode. There's Fair enough. Really but, but you're welcome to do this. Religious also. dude. Uh, what? I don't know what your dog so is. Freaking Paylor. <laughs> Calvin. I am going to burn all his pamphlets. You're going to burn them with the fires of Paylor, I hope. So you ha- you met the uh, <laughs> the distraught mother. I think that was one of the first adventures. Yes. The distraught mother, the uh, moaning Mary or whatever. Oh, yes. gosh. Yeah, I remember that now. Wow. Um, yeah. That was one of the first things. You find out that uh, her daughter's missing and that she said it was the devil's straw's fault. Um, you then went out searching for... What was it? Uh, well, you found Burgomaster. Well, we started in a nondescript bar in a nondescript tavern in a nondescript city. And True. We got a, a note. Because there is, uh, there's some, you got to have some way to yeah. railroad you into Barovia. Yes. I, I just like that being the description where we started, the nondescript description, as right. it were. Barovia is, I don't know whether it's 
It's a, in D and D terms, is if it's a, its own plane. It's or a what, demi plane. Is, yeah. I was gonna say it is separate from our world, right? Yep. So when you um, are there, you ain't here, right? And you ain't going back. Nope. So yeah, you guys got in. You've discovered the uh, moaning mother. The uh, ooh, the zombies. You discovered the zombie house. Oh uh, yeah, we burned that shit to the ground. We did. Uh, the, <laughs> we did and not was, negotiate with anyone in the first half of this <laughs> no, adventure. We do not negotiate. <laughs> there not was zombies. the Burgomaster's Mansion where you picked up Irina. Uh, Ivana? Ivana or yeah, Ivanka. Her or whatever her name is. Fred. Let's not use Ivanka. That's too Trumpian for me. I don't care. Um, so then you guys <laughs> went from there to the... Uh, Gypsy camp as oh yeah the gypsy Joe camp. Keeps it wasn't them. gypsies they weren't gypsies they're not they're gypsies Vistani Vistani holy crap well yeah. done you I remembered. can't remember it when we played wow. is, is your screw that is your butthole sore did you pull that one out your butt <laughs> oh, I sure did it was right there next to my head I hope he looped first <laughs> the um I like the Vistani I have a cool image of them especially because we did the it's not a tarot card reading but what is it the Taroka. Taroka, yeah. You know, that's the reason I keep saying gypsy because it's a fortune teller. Right. And I just keep saying gypsy. There's that too, because gypsy is a race. (laughs) No, but it was cool. We hung out with them, and we did not know if they were good or evil, but they were hospitable, and they hosted us and let us stay in their camp. Uh, Yep. And then as you guys left, you guys noticed that there were uh, ravens watching you. And, uh, and Mickey tried to take a ride Mickey, on Mickey, one. Mickey managed to <laughs> jump and grab one, and it kept her Did, aloft for a little bit. Didn't you roll like and a 21 Reagan, on a D20? Pretty much. It was the Raven awesome. literally looked at her and was like, what, what the, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like literally like, what? Yeah. I mean, when you roll a 20, you can do anything you want in D&D. <laughs> for at least a short period. But, come on. Nice. Raven said, what? And, uh, oh, there, there was the freaky little head dog that, that uh, yes. followed oh, Calvin around. Say, kill it. I, you don't have to tell me for sure, but I want to know, is that part of the adventure or is that you fucking with Calvin? Uh, that is uh, part of the adventure and me fucking okay, with Calvin. Okay, it, it could be both. That's fine. Um, because it's... It's about as free games there are, as There are him. creepy relics all over, yeah. and I random rolled one, and <laughs> it, a it, it doll, doll, doll head focuses on a player character. Oh, my. Next session, here comes the clowns. Here comes the clowns. Oh, God, no. I hate clowns. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, then, then it was the... It, it'll be one clown head. Uh, the windmill. You guys w- went to the windmill, and yes. you found yeah, the hags. Yeah, we killed the hags. The hags. Oh, they save the children. Too. They had the bones. Yep. They were making the yeah. pies with the, the children. Yep. The, the dream desserts or whatever they were. The dream pastries. The dream pastries. All right. See, I can't remember anything when we're playing. It's <laughs> after I can remember something. Ba, ba, ba. What? Um, and then we spent time looking, uh, going to the church and having to deal with the vampire spawn to get the bones. That was in the beginning, yeah. Yep. That was in the beginning. We, we kind of glossed over that a little bit. And then eventually we yeah. get summoned out to Straw's mansion for dinner. Yeah, that's skipping a lot. Um, <laughs> that's where we are now. <laughs> Kirk talked about the first episode and the last episode well, in the same I mean, sentence. I just remember there's a lot of like, have uh-huh. I told you about Paylor? <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. There was the, please, remember uh, uh, trying to go from the lighthouse, or the sorry, the windmill, um, to that city, and you discovered that Revenant. Yes. Oh yeah. The killing Random wolves. Walking by. Yep. That was kind of freaky. It had like a silver dragon or yep, something. Silver dragon you know? thing on him. Yep. Um, that that'll come into play with a little bit later here when you go to get your next artifact. Right. When we have to kill the silver dragon to get it. Yeah. No. Uh, 
Um, cool. You always want to kill a dragon in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, oh, ideally kill it. In you guys dungeon. finally made it to uh, uh, the Blue Water Inn oh, and yeah. discovered the Rictavio, which <laughs> Ricky, well, we, Martin. Ricky Martin. Ricky yes. Martin. He was a living the loot loca. Living the loot loca. Yeah. Um, you guys spent some time there in that little town. I, I got the uh, Jamaican going. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> you want to have a, a flagon of dragon with me? Yes, that was a show title right there, flagon of the dragon. And there was a couple storylines in there. Um, the oh, the missing bones. Uh, also, what's her name's two sons were in the bar, and we didn't know about it till after, right? The 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 lady whose house yeah. we went to eat. Her yeah. two sons were in the bar, yep. but we didn't I, know that. So I, it wasn't I, until I, after. I specifically said that there were two kids running around, and then the woman behind the bar calls out their names and tells them to stop horsing. Mm. Okay. Um, yep. And then at some point we had to deal with bones in a wardrobe. Is that what you're talking about? When there, they the, were upstairs. And the that, that, were, that was when you went to uh, Henrik the Coffin Maker. Yeah, that's yes. why I turned into a flower. A motherfucking flower, <laughs> wife. Just throw me at the fuck out. <laughs> when Mickey's character walks up and knocks and says, he says, we're closed, she says, fuck you, I'm kicking your door in. <laughs> 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 You're not closed for me, motherfucker. <laughs> and it was the second kick. <laughs> so the first one probably just rattled the whole Yeah, and the there was a strength check. She rolled a three, yeah. and the next one was like a 19. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use the other boot. Right. Yeah. Uh, first this one was my, my left door. leg. Yeah, this wasn't my door kicking boot. <laughs> I got the, the first one was my shit kicking boot. I'm sorry. Yes. So the thing about Strahd is, so we do all this uh, stuff and then we, we get there. I have no idea like how far we are in the adventure. Like, is dinner with Strahd the culmination or is this just like we're so a quarter of the way through? Dinner with Strahd, uh, as far as the adventure is concerned, is where Strahd has actually taken notice of you. He's going to be playing a much more active role and hindering your progress from here on out. We had dinner before we went down to the crypts, right? Yes. Yeah. We went to the crypts and we got some sweet magic items and read a whole bunch of basically tombstones. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There were some yep. cool things in there. Yeah. And the thing we don't know about Strahd yet, like, is he beatable? Like, can we kill him? Do we need to? Like, we don't know anything about his deal yet. Right. Exactly. Is he a god? Is he a, a plane master? He owns this joint. He's going to be worm yeah. food. Yep. You, you guys will be, uh, I, know, I know this episode won't be out in time, but oh. um, I can say to you guys right now, you'll discover that uh, he is definitely a force of nature to be reckoned with. Ouch. And that's going to start coming out. Because cool, so. before he was just kind of, you know, seeing if you could pass some tests that he threw out there. Now he's going to be actively working against you. Well, some of the uh, some of that story should play out by the end of 2016, at least. I would ne- imagine, yes. Yeah. Are we talking yeah, about cool. the Halloween episode on this one or no? Uh, I would like to talk about that a little bit, yeah. Um, what Do, do we want to cover anything else on Strahd so far? No, I think... Well, so can well, I we ask, had, uh, can well, I we had our two guests. We had two guests. We had Josh and Ellie join us. Yeah. Um, they played some uh, werewolves, and they helped us in the caverns. That's yeah. right. Um, or the, the tombs underneath. Yeah, they were fun. It was good to have. I love having guests. And I tried to, as I usually do with our guests, I tried to give them part of the show titles, part, part of the names. So the episodes they were in were Werewolves. Um, uh, she was kind of bloodthirsty, because that was something Calvin said about the assassin. 
And when we were at Strahd's buffet and he saw a lot of that uh, beef jerky or, or whatever, deer jerky, whatever it was, um, Josh had said, I'm totally bagging some of that jerky. So that was right. another show title. JJ, as yes, DM, what, uh, how do you feel about running a published adventure versus like Alamon, which was Joe kind of freewheeling? Um, with the published adventure, like I almost feel guilty if I skip something or you guys don't get to it. And it almost feels like there's times where it's like there's this really, really cool nugget of information and the book says they have to do this to get it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so cool. Like the Staff of Power, how would you have known to go in there and yell Kozik or whatever his name was to summon that staff? And, and the, right. the, to me, the, another funny part to add to that is say somebody did do that, now every room you go in for the rest of the adventure, you're going to shout something. Exactly. Because right. it, it's, you know, the Pavlov dog thing. As I, soon as you realize yeah. there's a pattern, you, you start following it. And Again, this may be a different sidebar, but I've been reading all the 5th edition published adventures just reading them. You're and a geek. You're a geek, Kurt. Maybe. But they are awesome. I for, mean, well done, mind you. Not but, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Definitely. <laughs> I love it. I'm getting there. But um, I feel like every time I read them, I'm like, there's awesome adventures, and I could do this, this. But like playing it as published, I feel like would be very, very difficult in most cases. Yeah, playing it as published would be very difficult. Um, so I, 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 I feel like if you come up with some kind of cool thing, um, we talked about it before in our DMs podcast, if you have a cool thing, make it happen. Right, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Mickey, how do you feel about the difference between them from your side? Because you haven't run a game yet, although I keep trying. Yeah, you can, can keep In trying. In 2017, yeah. Mickey is going to run at least yeah. three maybe. hours of a game. Maybe. We'll think L- lift your microphone going to, up I'm going to leave the, the shed. I said maybe. We'll I'm going to withdraw. He's, he says he's going to quit. Oh, he's going to quit, quit. If you don't yeah. do three-hour session. All right. <laughs> That's <laughs> what he said. <laughs> Please note this because he requested it. I oh, want a three-hour yeah. session with you with your husband's consent. Ooh, baby. Hey, I want to be there. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I want to run a game too. I want to. I Mickey's going to be quite run. cool. Yeah. What? You're so disgusting. We're all really close friends <laughs> here at the shed. Her hands will be full. That's <laughs> what I meant. This so is a disgusting. 12 by 18 room that we spend hours in at a time. And this is not safe for children. No. No. If you ever listen to this, you deserve to lose them. So, Mickey, uh, do you prefer a pre-scripted porn or one that's just kind of free-flowing? I like I free-flowing porn yeah. because then, like you said, the characters can really come out and then the players... <laughs> I get it. Characters the characters come out. Come in out porn. In I porn. get it. Yeah, especially the little ones. Um, Ew. No, we like big, big characters, and also <laughs> like the the players can really flex their muscles. That's where you don't feel constricted by a story. You don't feel like you have to check all the boxes and go into all the rooms. When it's pre-published, you kind of have that 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 desire. Yeah. But when it's something that people kind of just build together, you explore the world as a group at the table and that's really the fun of it i've always said the fun in these types of games is the interaction between the players i know sometimes it probably comes off prickish but i've taken to recently in a pre-published adventure or something that i know was scripted in some way and i may have done this in one of our encounters recently in strad but i like to say to the npcs are you important to the story are you a random encounter for us uh, because I want to talk to them if they're important to the story. Exactly. If it's a random encounter, just kill it and move on. Move on. And, and I've started doing that in games I'm playing in. And I don't know that everyone appreciates it, but it certainly helps me when I, when I establish right at the beginning if this is important or not and right. then treat it uh, and appropriately. Like, I, I feel like the, we're, we're getting a little bit of the 
uh, same situation that we had in Alamond where Kurt's approaching this point where he's a little bit bored with the character and like I I still need uh, you to come out of the shell a little bit, man. Yeah, Kurt I've never got my more. character going on this one. I've got yeah. The problem is I wrote this whole backstory in my mind, but it hasn't had to come out to play it. Yeah. You know what I think needs to happen is the next um, Wild Magic is just a permanent uh, flower, potted plant. <laughs> permanent flower? That can still have <laughs> all of the same abilities also, because he at least talks. So he's going to be Groot. Who's going to be his... He's be Groot. <laughs> I'll be his racket raccoon. Okay, I'm, I'm dirtier than Groot, though. I'm like... That's fine. So. I'm dirtier <laughs> than It's all good. Because Groot says one well, word. Yeah, and part of it is knowing... I mean, if we have, yeah. like... Two-thirds of the adventure left, and I need to get my backstory out. If we have yeah. five episodes left at this point. I this figure we're about halfway through. Get your backstory And out. I think by numbers, we're about halfway through where we ought to be anyway, because um, we expect somewhere between 25 and 30 episodes, and we are currently on 12. Yep. So yeah. we're pretty close to halfway as far as how that's going to work out anyway. Is it time for lightning round? Well, let's talk about Halloween first. Oh, um, yeah. So I we love had this one. We yeah. had the one that we just played the 2016 halloween special which we played so can i say can i say can i say i don't know what yes you can say whatever you want but so joe wanted to do trail of cthulhu ah okay yeah which is a new game to all of us from pell game press and he asked me to help him somehow and i said sure (laughs) and we got together it was via text long story short i like totally got into it i read the whole basically the whole core rule book and then i wrote all these backstories that ended up being totally irrelevant because none of them came into play Uh, a lot of stuff was mentioned i think you might be surprised when you listen back to it well i may be surprised but mickey was like you should write a novel of this yes and i went home and i told my wife the the stories or whatever and she's like She's like, you have too much time on your hands. And I was like, no, I don't. I'm working two jobs. I'm coaching youth <laughs> soccer. I'm a den leader. I don't have any time. She's like, well, if you had enough time to write that, you should probably write this as a story. But when you get that spark of inspiration, you probably wrote all that out in like 10 minutes. Well, I mean, it was a morning. But yeah. Um, but so you, my point is. the ideas, they just right. flow onto paper. Right. So I'm going, I'm going to write a adventure slash story because I had so much fun doing that. That I will cool. either run or do s- or write in 2017. That would be fantastic. Uh, I had a blast, like, like making all that. the char- all the links between the characters, and it was. I mean, even though it's only one paragraph for each, it was fun to do. It's a bu- it, you wrote a lot of stuff. Yeah, and involved. the links don't mean that much to you guys because you don't know Boston. And you, but like for me, they were all, they were like perfect links that made perfect sense. Yeah. And so the idea, the reason I'm saying this is not because. Because oh, awesome. I'm awesome! No, <laughs> it's because it's really fun sometimes reason. to craft that, yes. that story and make a world around it. So, so what you had crafted were characters for this game. Now, tell us a little about the a little bit about the characters you made, and maybe in comparison to the way they were played. Well, I mean, I think I just had a little bit more connection and backstory. Which again, we were just doing a one shot, so I don't yeah. I don't feel bad that that didn't come into play. What I was trying to do was come up with a way that these four very different or disparate characters would come into connection with each other and be going on an adventure together. And ultimately, it didn't matter that much. But I thought, um, I, I really, really like trying new games. I thought the Trail of Cthulhu rule set was really interesting and fun. And I'm looking forward to trying it in, in a different context. They have another game called Knights Black Agents that I have bought the core rulebook for, which I think you guys are going to be jazzed about the background. Um, so I, I'd love to run at least a one-shot, yeah. if not 
mini campaign of that next year. Is that um, also Gumshoe? I think it's Gumshoe. Because another thing, if we like that, I also have Ashen Stars, which is space of the same thing. I mean, the nice black agent, the basic idea is that Dracula and some of those gothic monsters were real, and they were recruited by... This sounds crazy, but if you actually read the way they <laughs> present it, they were recruited by British Secret Service to be agents during World War II. And so during World War II, when you're fighting Nazis, you actually have Dracula and and Van Helsing and these various characters are working for British Secret Service. That's cool. Yeah, and it's it's really, really cool. Um, but the basic idea for this game was like, let's just have a Halloween episode that's got a creepy atmosphere, yeah. creepy story, can be a one-shot, and you know, Cthulhu's kind of a perfect... We certainly hope there's horror involved if you say, you know, yeah. Lovecraft, right? yeah. Are we spoiling if we talk about it here? No, this will be released after. I mean, this will be the week after. Okay, so without getting heard that details, I feel like we played for two or three hours. We had some fun encounters. The thing about this rule set is you can't miss a clue. So the really right. big clue will always be found. It will drive you to the next scene, drive you to the next scene. And we had a climax that was unexpected to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, cool. And for three hours, I had a good time. Yeah. And it was definitely creepy. I know. Right. Mickey was pretty creeped out. I in was the first totally hour, creeped out. Uh, right. I don't know. Again, this may be a sidebar. I don't know that that rule set is one I would want to play for 36 hours. But yeah. for three to ten hours, it was really cool. I think it would have been cool as a several uh, adventure uh, campaign. Not necessarily a long-running one. Right. But if we did that, maybe I'd, I'd say probably ten hours worth of that would get us through three adventures and that would probably be pretty cool to see the characters uh become dilapidated by the end of the whole thing yeah that's because you, you need to see that madness watch them descend into madness yeah. yeah that would be pretty cool to see but it'd be fun because you could really play it as almost three or four separate one shots that are just linked yeah and like we could do another one in march with the same characters and yeah. have it continue. To well, work. two of the same characters. Two of the same, that's right. Yeah, cause <laughs> at the so. at the end of that one um at the we end lost. of the episode, Kurt actually says, yeah, but the next one will just be Kevin and I. Right. Because <laughs> they're the last two left. The last two standing. Yeah. And um, just like I did, well, not just like, but similar to what I did in the 2015 Halloween one, I did some post-production, added some music and sound effects to it. So I hope you enjoy that. But um, I had a lot of fun playing that as a pre-published adventure i had and, and it came up a couple of times while we were playing i had my pages out of order and i said hold on i gotta go look this up and that's something that has to happen in a pre-published one you don't want to miss the piece like JJ exactly was saying. but um I, I still really enjoyed it i like the way it worked out the the resources kurt and i found to make the game easier to play was very good. It was nice to actually have Kurt say, you know, we might have been wrong about that rule. Here's how it actually works. Could you believe you were like you wigged were, out? Yeah. I was like, no, well, I, yeah. okay, we'll do that then. Yes. If uh if everybody could be as invested in all those rules every time we play, the game would go so much smoother. <laughs> it would be so different. But it yes. wouldn't be us. Yeah. It, it's yeah, it's true. It wouldn't. But people would listen to this I'm and say, better. people Re- would listen and say, we just listened to two years of these fucktards right, <laughs> going right. crazy. Uh, and now how did they get all this in order? Anyone who listens to us at this point loves us. But yeah. um, reading all these fifth edition adventures, I'm, I'm getting the rules. 
Yeah. I mean, by like year four, I should be good. For me, the hard part still, and I know this is that whole side thing again. The hard part with D and D is once you have more stuff, you have to remember yeah. more stuff. The more stuff right. you have, the more you have. To Unless remember. you have the one trick pony. Uh, you have to remember multiple things, and then when it's your turn, hopefully somebody didn't mess up your strategy by the time it got around to you, etc. Et I feel like, though, if you forget to do your special move on your turn, then that was just heat of the battle. Like, yeah, yeah, in the heat be, of the battle, yeah. you forgot that you had this awesome thing, and, well, shit. Happens. Move on. So, here, so guys. Can we do a, do... a two-second summary of the year for each of us? Yeah, go for it, Kurt. So, end of year one. Oh, hold on. You do my summary. All right. Joe just <laughs> continued to be awesome. Okay. Done. Uh, I'll do yours. So for me, uh, at the end of year one, I would say I still was very insecure about my place at the table in the sense that I know yeah. that generally, like, I'm going to most of the time be pretty fun, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> and I feel like the last year, yeah. I'm definitely not JJ in terms of knowledge of the rules by any stretch, but like... The last year, I spent a lot of time like listening to game podcasts, reading RPG books, reading rules, checking out character sheets, and I was like, I'm at the point now where I feel like I'm like an intermediate gamer. You could actually start playing one of these, couldn't you? I'm like introducing people to games, board That's games cool. and RPG yeah. games, which is a big step forward when you get to the point where you're like, I want you to come over and play a game with me. Yes. And That's I think we cool. need to do that because this is a hobby where even though it is, 5th edition is doing super well, mm. like it's exceeding expectations. But the fact that, and in the pop culture, it's probably as strong as it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, Stranger Things finally, it's starting to get some, it's starting to be a recognized pastime rather than the butt of a joke. Correct. And there are a lot of video podcasts, but it's still a middle-aged male, middle-aged to old male hobby, generally. So anything that we can do or that our listeners can do to introduce someone new to gaming Yes. Which might mean you need to run a game. Uh-huh. Like, Make that's it. something that we all need to do. Yeah, not, agree. not just on the air, but, like, at home. Like, have, yeah. Yeah. have some kids over and play a game or have your neighbors over or whatever. And I think that's awesome. And I feel like I'm getting to that point where, yeah, like, no problem. I could run the D&D starter set yeah. without thinking twice about it. And I still go back to that as a great way to start. Yeah. Your characters are made, and right on that sheet, it tells you what to do through the entire book. It's nice. So I would say this year, two thumbs up. Go ahead, Mickey. Well, I haven't really grown as a character. Okay, go ahead, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was a good year. We got to explore some different uh, characters, learned more. I, I'm not quite where you are yet, Kurt, but I'm getting there. I think I just need to spend actual time reading more of the books. It's a good idea. But I, I have a good time. I have a good time every time we come here. So Cool. That's until 9 o'clock, and then you kind of And go. then I go to yeah. sleep. I didn't even look at the time. It, oh, wow. It's, yeah, it's later past my than bedtime. it's supposed to be. Um, for me, uh, I'm discovering with uh, running Strahd for you know, the last uh, 12 episodes, um, I, I, um, I, I feel like there was a point in my life where all I, ever, all I wanted to do was DM, but after having experienced Joe DMing for, for quite some time for us, and some other things. I don't mind the characters when I'm in a playing a character when I'm in a group I'm comfortable with. Um, that has definitely been a realization that's come basically just now when you asked us to reflect upon us. Um, <laughs> Kurt, you got JJ reflecting. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's been nice, and I and I also think that I thought I was a D and D fanboy through and through. 
but I liked Tavern Tales. I liked Adara. I liked uh, Trail of Cthulhu. Like I've liked all these other games. So maybe D and D isn't the end all be all um, for role playing. So um, I would like to continue our exploration of different game sets. And uh, I do want to let you guys know that I have been reading the Dresden Files and the Strands of Fate system, and I will be bringing that up as an option to play sometime cool. soon. Yeah. I, I do want to play that, and we came close to playing Dresden Files. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a it very involved character process. The and magic piece threw me for a loop. I um, was like, oh my gosh. It's going to need to be, everyone's yeah. going to have to be invested in it if yeah. they want to play it. Because I like the atmosphere of the game system and the world, the Dresden verse. But um, it, the when we started with that, I was looking at it, saying, "You know, we could play this." Then I was reading it and saying, "Holy crap, we can't play this!" Yes, <laughs> that's the way I am with Shadowrun. Like I really want to yeah. play the Shadowrun world, and I look at the fifth edition or whatever rule set, and I'm like, oh, "Man, I got two kids and two jobs." Like, <laughs> we played. That reminds me. I think it was even this year, although I don't think we recorded it. We played the Shadowrun yeah, box set. Mm-hmm. Which essentially, if you walk in and toss a grenade, it's done. <laughs> that was it. I think Kevin may have been there. Yeah. But uh, we played this at the Stevens household. Oh, yeah. At Grand Stevens Manor. At Stevens Manor. And um, essentially, the, 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 the game is, there's a scenario. You go into, a, I don't know, a truck stop convenience store, something like that, and bad things are happening. But if you happen to walk in and drop a grenade... That's the end of the. That's, that's the end of the whole sure. campaign. Yeah, I remember you said it was awful. What and I was the like, crap was that? That was worse than the grenade in the Star Wars. Yeah, game. I think we do that. <laughs> there are people that yeah. love Shadowrun, but it's. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it's more complicated than Pathfinder or Three Five. You know, so yeah. it, it is. It's got a lot of stuff. In I there. do think generally we enjoy playing new games and yeah. trying new systems. And we should, by the end of next year, we should have probably have played something in Fate or Fiasco, and we should cool, have played yeah. Dresden, and we probably should try another attempt at Star Wars, because even though the starter set sucked, I've heard The awesome dice are things. freaking awesome. We've all got the dice, the dice, and I've heard yes. awesome things about the, the yeah. actual game. And um, I think for that, it was just a poorly written starter adventure, yeah. and right. uh, we, can, we can get around that. Right. But, um, and we need to make Mickey yeah. do an adventure. Yep. Yes, Mickey will do something without her consent. Oh, the yeah. pressure! Her and I—excuse <clears throat> me. Her and I were pretty close to having something we were together, close. and um, then stuff happened. Yeah, that, then life yeah. happens. Well, I definitely—I want to finish Strahd, and I—I I mean, my character has not been super engaged, which is my fault. But I—I I mean, I love the adventure. I want to finish it out. I like having JJ run it. It's, yeah. Cool. So for me, half of the year being a GM, half the year being a player. I love being a player. I—I I still. Myself, I prefer to, to be a GM for the game, but I, I love just doing stuff with the characters, and I get more into the character when I'm just a player. I, I don't mean that derogatory. <laughs> I, just, I only have one to focus on, and I can do everything I want with that one character, and that, that's more fun to me. I like doing the voices and the mannerisms and such, and when I know it's an NPC that doesn't have a long life to live, I don't do it. And it, I feel like it's lacking a little. And then when I go to, to play a character, you know, the, the boastful art member Saunders. <laughs> no, I, I would absolutely love Joe yeah. for if we were to get uh, maybe fill these other two seats and then do another uh, co-DM thing. Yeah. For well, maybe. you know, I wonder if we could do six. Oh, speaking of which. Oh, snap. Yes. Two full years and lots of mocking me. Huh? I think my wife 
might come play something with us if we asked really nicely for the right adventure. Shut I think up. if I asked her with my mellifluous voice. She has she never might. played an RPG in her life, yeah. and she does not have a geek bone in her other than her love of Buffy. Uh, but I was and talking to her the other night. And yours occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she implied that under the right conditions, she yeah. would not be opposed to a little short play session at the shed. All right. I think we should pursue that. I agree. <clears throat> so I want to end this one with what I'm calling the lightning round. I have two six-sided dice here. On these six-sided dice are character names for 12 characters that have shown up in the last year. Each person is going to pick a die and roll it, and you have to bring up one memory about that character. Oh, this is and we're be going to go around this is a couple. Be very of, we're going to go around a couple of times, and then we're going to end it. Okay. So, uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Some closest. We'll pick one. Don't roll two because that, that's two characters. Uh, Truk. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> we just <laughs> talked about it. We did. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can think of something that's not uh, Here, Kurt, part you're of gonna the, roll the white one. Um. You, you pick whatever one. Oh, what are you Lord. saying about him, Mickey? Nothing. <laughs> JJ is wearing green headphones. Yeah, no, I remember, like, the thing I remember most is the the elemental mastery just not ever really working <laughs> out. Whether it was yeah. burying me in an avalanche or in a crevasse uh, or, uh, you know, throwing the wagon at Michaela or, <laughs> like, whatever it was. Oh, I think you even tried to do something one time where you tried to converse with the fire elemental and went. Like, it just never, ever worked for you. It was, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. I was so psyched to have druid skills, and they never worked. So I just rolled, and I got Calamite, so I'm going right back nice. to JJ. Uh, I mean, the main thing I remember is just having that bond once we moved to the Dungeon World rule set of yeah. I will convert him to see the world the way I do and just, just never get there. Out. Yeah, just... Uh, he was strong and proud, but ultimately, I don't want to say selfish because his character didn't seem selfish. But I guess if you look at it objectively, like he was. So, what'd you get? I yeah. rolled Havoc. Havoc, who is red shirt Kevin. Yeah, I do remember that he was kind of suave. That's oh, he one was thing I remember. And he, and was he was suave and married and ladies' man. Very much a married ladies' yes. man. That's what I remember. He would. That was like his line. He would walk up and say, "Are you married? <laughs> uh, you are. Come here, little." Yes. Oh, you're not. Well, forget <laughs> it. Well, forget it. If you're not married, I'm not interested. That's <laughs> I what I remember about that. But that's uh, right. Yeah. All right. Well, well, my turn. I'm going to throw the die right off the table. I don't want to do calamity again. Says he. I got Samaj, though, from yeah. our game from scratch. That was JJ's character, and I, I remembered a lot about him already. Um, if I if I remember right, there was a point in the story where he sneezed and something happened. And um, I'm trying to remember what it was. It, it was like, I don't know, snorting coke or something. But he, he was yeah. he was doing something. I just remember a sneeze happening. But what I particularly liked in that one was... Um, he at the dog track where he ju- he was the one that really closed the deal yeah. to get Lupo to actually listen to you guys because he made the supernatural happen and that was the funky part that did it. Um, JJ, you you pick that one next. Kurt, you'll get the green one next. All right, here we go. Uh, rolling. I got Sean. Who's which Sean? one was Sean? Sean was Kurt's hacker. On the game from scratch. Oh, Kurt's the, Miami, character. the Miami Vice adventure. Yep. Same adventure. <laughs> Just a different character. 
Huh. Oh, silence is deafening. It's um, great, isn't it? It's very memorable. I don't remember. I remember the adventure more than I remember the individual characters. So, uh, anyone else can pick up. I was inside the organization. If I remember you correctly. Were, yes. You were a double agent. Yes. 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 remember trying something. to get out. You were, yes. you were an informant. Yes. Right. You were the informant. And, um, she was the cop. I was the cop. Yep. We were working together. And then, he no, was, no, 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 he was, you, you, you're, you're trying to cheat for the next one for her already. No, no I was um, a cup. He was the informant. <laughs> no, shut up. Um, <laughs> right. And fuck you. I was going to access the Dick. top floor of the yeah. database, but exactly. we couldn't get in, so we went to the dog track instead. Yeah. Wait, hey, shit, we can't get into the penthouse. Let's just go to the dog, dog track. Kurt's voice sounds remarkably like mine. Pass. Yes. Which in my mind was a highlight place the whole time because in Miami yeah. Vice it was always highlight. Yeah. But yep. for us it was a dog track. It was a dog All track. Right, so, so what you got there? I got Elena. Elena. Um, there's a lot of things I could remember about Elena. Um, but I will mostly remember her flying in on a griffin. Nice. Because yes. she had been unavailable perhaps for an episode or two. And so she had been out of the story. And we Deuce had dealt with the pirates. Exactly. Yes. And we were across. And we had just gotten back over towards the Wadozeshaw Monastery. And she literally came in flying on a griffin, which does not happen all that often. What color did you roll last time? I rolled green. She rolled okay. the green. I'll take the green next. Teelan. Teelan. That was one that's of your. That's his current Strahd character. That's your current Strahd character. You're not a memorable character right now. Yeah, Kurt. I don't really remember much about Teelan. I do know that I do remember that he's constantly like either reading or writing in a book, and that really hasn't come out yet as to why he's he always refers to that book a bit. Referring to that book. book. It's a black book, right? Yeah, Honestly, that that and, and he's always rubbing a staff. That's the other yes, thing I remember. Which, which Kurt doesn't care for us saying because he doesn't want that comedy part of his character. But he'll stand in the back of the group tapping his staff. He, he says, that's the first thing he says. My character <laughs> casually just taps his staff. I'm like, there goes another one. All right. Yeah. And we just can't avoid it's that. Part of my as problem with is I want Strahd to be super creepy yeah. and gothic, and it's just everyone's <laughs> always joking. Well, but if you're, you're right. Yourself. He wakes up every morning and he looks in, in the black book over by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you know what is in the black book? No, you haven't told me what's in the black book. Uh, you never ask. Have it again. <laughs> I next keep rolling. I'm not going to share it. Jer. So next time I'll so, ask, hey, Teelan, what's I got the book? Jer, the cleric, and that was the one who really, he plowed the way forward to uh, the temple so that uh, Elaine could get in to, the, to get the sword. Exactly. And he was part of his backstory. Uh, I just remember that. He did the, I don't know what to call it. He was the fullback, essentially, and uh, he allowed her to get in there. Um, all right, so I just rolled. I rolled Garcia. I assume that's Jenny? Uh, that's Miss Garcia yeah. uh, from the game from scratch as well. Um, Chip on her shoulder. Yeah, no, she, I remember she, was, she, she played the ranger. She was a ranger because yeah, she was a shooter. And she had a uh, attack dog. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. Her attack dog was Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, Phil Collins had the guy by the nuts. I remember that. I can feel it coming <laughs> in the air yep. tonight. And, um, <laughs> Lots oh, of oh, thank you, JJ. Book. I forgot about the dog. If you were oh, in Nor, if you are in, <laughs> I was just gonna say, if you're in Norwegia, if you're in Sweden. <laughs> Denmark, <laughs> Norway. Uh, you may not get all the Miami Vice references, but Phil Collins or you might. prominently in the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we gave him the name. Uh, uh, good memory. I have. Uh, I just rolled Noctra. 
which hey, is that's my current, current character, character in Curse of Strahd. Uh, there are many things I could say about Noctra, but the most memorable would be the fact that she just randomly inserts one-line jokes. In I, yes, I love the humor. So we're getting creeped out, and then we hear something about elephants in a tree. Yes, and I think <laughs> if I'm remembering what's on the dice right and how many times we've gone around, the last one is essentially Calvin, and I'd like Mickey to talk about Calvin. Oh, fucking Calvin. <laughs> I just rolled Calvin, too. Awesome, cool. And his flipping Paylor pamphlet. Have you heard about it? Have, have you heard about Paylor? One thing that does stick out, though, yeah. is when Calvin did the sermon at the church. Oh, yeah. And he was so proud that yes. he doubled the, yeah, from the nine audience to 18. from 9 to 18. <laughs> the light of Paylor oh, has gosh, shined yes. on me and I rolled given a, me. I rolled oh, a 20 God. for that. For, I don't even know what the role was. It was, like, proselytize. it was proselytizing. Yeah, Probably I, was like, charisma. I rolled and I got a friggin' 20. Like, yeah! That's what I remember because he was so excited. <laughs> was, and definitely. the rest of the party was like, what the hell? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's sitting outside burning pamphlets. Yes, pretty yeah. much. Uh, and for that, we're going to wrap up our Adventures from the Shed second anniversary episode. Another golf yeah. clap. Let's do another there we go. I want a, a big thanks to our regular cast. Thank you, JJ, Mickey, Kurt, and Joe. That's me. Uh, and to Brit for a solid performance. And to Brit, yes, for, yeah. for the first half of the year, all the way through the Alamon campaign. Big thanks there. Thanks to all of our guests that have joined us throughout. I'll see if I can remember them. Anyone else jump in? Josh and Ellie and Kevin and Chris and Ronnie and, of course, Brit, we just mentioned. Bridget? Your wife? Your wife? Uh, whoever. Um, yes, Bridget. <laughs> She'll listen to this, too. Uh, catch hell, damn it. Um, I think that covers everyone, though. I believe so. So, yeah. big thanks to everyone who joined us during the occasional pizza year. guy. And the occasional, the occasional Papa pizza John's guy. pizza guy. <laughs> yeah. Thank um, you much. Luke. Yes. Thanks, everyone. And I guess we'll just say. Bye, everyone. Yeah, hey, if you were listening, we appreciate it. Big, oh, you know what? Yeah, that too. Hey, thanks, I, I think I think we need to give a very hearty and robust penis to end this one. <gasps> like, an penis? like an erect penis. Like an erect penis. So like a penis with four hours of priapism. Uh, <laughs> priapism. All right, ready? By the right. end of this, call your doctor. So, your one, two, three. Penis, penis. and vagina. <laughs> The preceding podcast was brought to you by One Joe Young. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com.